The Flyover State Sports Show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Fly Over State Sports Show. I am your host, Sam Long, joined by my usual compatriot, Caleb, the Beans Ubel. Morning. And we are joined by a very special guest today. I don't know his last name, but he is our current defending, reigning March Madness bracket champion of the world. It only took us 10 months to get him in. The next basketball season has already started. It is <laughs> Ray. All caps, all spaced vibes. I don't think Trey has a last name. Do you have a last? No. You know what? For privacy purposes. Redacted. It's a mystery. Don't. Redacted. Ray redacted. Yeah. Make your own last name. Um, for those that are audio listeners, he's white, uh, has a beard, comb over. Very handsome. Like, so you can assume it's like a Johnson, a Smith. Like, it's a very common last name. Like. What would you think, Trey? Like, your name's probably, what, top five in last names? My real one? I don't yeah. know about that. Wait, do you it's have a It's pretty fake one? common, though. You have a fake uh, one? Uh, Trey Williams. Trey Redacted. <laughs> Trey Redacted. <laughs> Anyways, it is so good to have you on today, Trey. I am happy that we are finally paying at least one of the debts to society that we promised 10 months ago. How excited are you to be here today? Oh, fantastic. You know, uh, like you said, it's been a long time coming. Um, but you know, it all made sense once, uh, I figured out, you know, you guys needed somebody to back clean up for Scott Hansen. Um, so logically it would be the only guy better than Scott Hansen, which would be myself. Well, you know, Scott Hansen never won our bracket challenge. So I exactly. Was- so, you know, a little bit of background for Trey, you know, he is a big KC guy. Beans has told me that you're also a KU guy, which is unfortunate. But he has also also told me that you work with him, which is the most unfortunate. Please tell Absolutely. us any embarrassing things that Beans doesn't work on a consistent basis. Well, I mean, a couple obvious ones spring to mind. Um Hopefully there aren't any kids watching, uh, but Beans lives up to his nickname. Um, the man lets him rip, um, and he has impeccable timing. He tries to cover him up. He waits till it's just me and him, and then he lets him fly. And they are just awe-inspiring, really. And so, yeah, I unfortunately have to suffer with that on a daily basis. <laughs> I turned my mic off because I was dying laughing. (laughs) Would you like to rebuttal on the fact that you are a chronic gas passer? I am so sorry. My gut health is probably shitty. (laughs) Well, you know what you shouldn't do then, Beans? They have uh, have 99 cent uh, chili cheese tots at Sonic today. Don't don't venture into that arena. 
So there was one time where, like, I, I I let one go in front of Trey, and like he tells everybody, like, oh, Caleb let this horrible one go, and I'm like, no, I didn't. I don't. I don't fart in front of you, Trey. That's not me. I don't do it's like that. I, it's like I said. He waits until it's just me and him. So then there's no other witnesses, you know. So people think I'm lying. It's like, have you seen the man? Like, come on. Well, and the funny he thing has is, no like, shame. Our office is like oh, it's God. not an office. We live, we we live, we practically live, but we well, work in an open space. So like he's like five feet behind me. Like he's like right there, right next to me. <laughs> like if I wanted to hit him, I could. If my fart wanted to hit him, it does. Like it's it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know, beans. What what are you di- like? What helps the juices flow the most then? Because now, like, we, you know, we said we were going to talk Chiefs, and now we're just going to talk gas, right? So, like, what's what's the perfect... You're trying to drop a fart right right on Dre. What's the perfect lunch for you to do that with? The perfect lunch? The normal... Oh, Canes. Canes gets my bubble... Gets me bubble tummy. <laughs> All right. What is this? this show's turned to shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so sorry but trey do you want to tell everybody that listening that's listening right now what do you do for work uh, what's your profession either redacted or not like you can make stuff up if you want to okay yeah so and unfortunately i work with caleb in uh, parks and recreation um, i'm the rec coordinator of facilities um, so i oversee pretty much majority of the stuff that uh, the city owns, uh, me and my supervisor. And that means that when Beans wants to do something, um, I get to tell him no. And that gives me probably the same amount of joy as it gave Caleb when Scott Hansen called him Beans. <laughs> I did I did pitch tent after he called me Beans, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> What's the dumb I've- Beans has ever asked you for that you had to tell them no for. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, just everything. He doesn't even have to like say what he wants. He just turns to me and says, "Hey," I say no, and then that's yep. that. We just end it there. Good answer. You ever tell him you'll think about it, so that way you give him false hope, or is it just always no? No, I don't even really, because then I'd have to like talk to him more. So like yeah. after the fact, I just like, okay, Caleb's talking to me. Let's just, just stop as soon as possible. Well, it seems that we're on the topic of work too. Um, the funny thing that oh, we boy. also do is, uh, so whenever and, uh, and whenever Trey's supervisor calls him, I will instantly like roll over to his phone and I'll pick up the phone for him and I'll say, "This is Trey," and then like I'll try to imitate his voice or like his actions to like a T, so that way his vo- that his supervisor is confused. And whenever his supervisor tries calling me, he'll roll over to my desk and pick up the phone and like try to pretend it's me and say this is Caleb. So we got that little work relationship going. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> All right, gents. Well, you know, speaking of work, you know, you guys probably did do with a ton of cold this week, which is the same thing that the Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins had to do this week. Both teams decided to go play football game. In negative 13-degree wind chill, it was the fourth coldest game on record in NFL history. And the Chiefs ended up making the Dolphins look like a bunch of pandies, winning the game by a score of, I don't remember, it was like 27-7 to or something like that. That sounds right. Yeah, Yeah, something 
that a lot to a little. Miami could never get out of the starting blocks in offense. Sands one play. Patrick Mahomes and the offense did their usual score like one or two touchdowns and kick a ton of field goals. Gentlemen, what were your thoughts in the game? And how do you think this changes the perception of Kansas City heading into the next round of the playoffs? Trey, you're our honorary guest. Why don't you go first? Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of alluded to it um, already, but with the kicking a million field goals, I thought we looked a lot better than we had in the regular season, um, especially offensively. However, the red zone offense is still very concerning because um, we get down there and it's like, well, our receivers outside of, you know, two guys struggle to get open and then you give them a, you know, the reduced space to work with. It's like, well, maybe we should run the ball a little bit more, guys. You know, I do notice I did notice that this last game, too. That you brought up a really good point is that one play to me, Cole, I think he like lost it in the lights or something. But, like, that's the first time, I think, in a while I have seen them actually chuck it downfield. Not to MVS. Like, honestly, like, when we throw it to MVS, you might as well call it an interception, incomplete pass, whatever. But, like, when he threw it up to Miko, I was like, we actually might have a chance. And then he stopped running, and then I was like, well, <clears throat> there goes that. But Miko is pissing Chris Jones off. I don't know if you But doesn't it feel kind of like – uh, doesn't it kind of feel nostalgic, like old times, you know, Patrick Mahomes, like – throwing the ball to Miko and Miko doing something wrong and Patrick yelling at Miko. Like, it feels like old times again. It's great. Like, I love it. It, it probably feels cathartic is what it feels like. <laughs> That's, there you go. Cathartic, yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, I think one of the funniest football moments, definitely one of the top three funny football moments of the year, because I haven't thought about this, but possibly one of the funniest moments I've ever seen is when MVS caught his one target this week. The stadium erupted. It I started like dying because you could. It sounded like we had scored the game-winning touchdown, and it, all it was was MVS catching like a third and five ball for six yards. How much? How much of that game do you think affected? Uh, how much of that game was the cold affecting Miami? In your opinion, not a ton. I mean, so. if you look at Miami over the last, like, month, they did it last year, too, <clears throat> where, like, the offense just peters out, and I think a lot of that is just to do with, I mean, they're kind of a, Miami's very weird, because, like, they got finesse receivers and finesse running backs, but they like to run the ball. That's why I thought they would play a little bit better. I think the biggest issue is, over the course of time, that team just gets so beat up as evidenced by their defense. Um, having a that defense had like I think Bruce Irving was playing snaps for them. I forgot I he was. That, a, I thought I forgot. How old is he? He dirt dirt doesn't doesn't matter. Um, who was the other guy? They did they, they have Justin Houston. Hall? They had, yeah, Justin, Houston, Justin Houston. I think they brought back Melvin Ingram too again. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, they, they have, have four. To. They have four former Chiefs players: Tyree Kill, Emmanuel Ogba, Justin Houston, and uh, uh, you just said it. Um, oh, Ingram. Uh, Ingram. Yeah. Ingram. I'm surprised. You know, like, <clears throat> while Tom Bahali was like up in the stands beating the drum, like they didn't call him dude. down. Like, hey, why don't you come right. down here? I forgot. It, I don't. Remember. I don't remember. I don't know why I thought it was Todd Holly. 
that doesn't matter. Anyways, like that defense was so beat up. They built the best defense of all time, like in 2011, but it's like 13 years later. So, yeah, uh, that 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 defense wasn't good. Um, obviously, our defense played really well. Uh, Legarius Sneed, who I think Trey is a big beat the drum of. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> What we look, Trey and I looked it up. What was it like two weeks ago? His like annual market value was like six point eight. I looked it up after this game; it jumped up to eleven. <laughs> so, Star making performance, man. Dude, I know. Which, okay, so let, let's talk about this after this game. I know this is kind of a, a jump ahead question, but um, I want to ask this question for Trey and Sam while we're here. Um, you have to bring back one or the other. Are you bringing back Snead or Chris Jones? Got, you know it's gonna be one or the other. You know it's not gonna be both. No blind taking. I'll I'll let Trey go first, just in case I have a different answer. I'm gonna go with my boy Sneed, um, mostly because of age. Chris Jones, uh, still very impactful, but 30, 30 right, thirty year old DT 30. going yeah, in the off yeah. season. So you're gonna have to give him. A, it's going to be his last big, big payday. He's going to want, you know, and he, with what's already transpired with his contract, he's probably not in the mood for any hometown discounts. Um, and kind of going back to what Caleb was just talking about with Sneed's APY, that seems very low to me. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if they'll leave. He's a very, very, very Kansas City Chiefs corner. So he won't work in all schemes. But he's a Kansas City Chief, so it does work. So I would go with Snead, personally. I have thought about this question. I was thinking about it the other day as I was going to the restroom since we've already, you know, had tons of toilet talk on this show. I don't like the idea of paying corners, which is, like, so weird because, like, there were so many bad corners for us at the beginning of like Patrick Mahomes' tenure. I just feel like all the time corner is just so volatile in year to year performance. And like, yeah, Sneed's like an all pro caliber player this year. But like and he's been really good his entire career. But like <laughs> I just see guys like Tariq Woolen who are like an all pro last year and then like now they're just not like to me like Chris Jones is like Fletcher Cox and like Aaron Donald and like he's just more likely to be more consistently good the age thing does give me cause for pause I think if the only reason I think it's a debate is because of age and like market value but like Jones is like absolutely in my opinion the better player and the more likely to be stable. So I would personally go Jones because it's one of the one of those things where it's like, is our D line and like blitz game so good because we have good corners, or <laughs> corners so good because of our D line and blitz game? It's one of those chicken and egg questions and I don't know. I think if we won the Super Bowl though, I would probably just let Chris Jones go and probably tag Sneed is probably what I would do. And he is getting up there in age, like not, you know, Chris Jones age. He's 26. 
you know, but probably by the time we see him next season, he'll be, you know, in that 27 age range. I, you know, that does bring cause for pause of like, he's a little bit older of a corner corners kind of hit this little, little edge. You know, there's a little ledge here for corners where they hit it and they just kind of stop, you know, sometimes they can play until they're 32, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a risk. It's a risk. And I think, and Sneed, the way he just is a missile for his body, how much longevity does he have with that? I've told Trey, I told Trey this, I think during preseason, like, I don't think we'll see Sneed coming back, but man, after this season, I, I want him back. Like, I feel like we have set our defense up because usually Spag's deep. I'm kind of rambling on here, but usually Spag's defenses are front generated pressure. They, you know, he would rather have a strong front seven to generate more pressure to cause ill passes for the DBs. So you don't need, you know, you don't need expensive DBs, but we've kind of seen a little shift here where like we've got Snead, we've got invested into two other corners with Watson and Williams and McDuffie as well. And then Mike Edwards coming like, that's one of the best signings along with Drew Tranquil. So I feel like we're investing a lot into this defensive secondary to, kind of go cheaper on the front seven now. So we're kind of seeing a little spag switch up here. Well, and I, I, I think for me, I, I kind of said it like at the end of my rant, <clears throat> but like to me, I think if you can win the Super Bowl this year, that makes it three and five years. That makes it two in a row. I think if you do that, you can safely close the book on this era of Chiefs football, if that makes sense. Because, like, the Mahomes, you know, if you're talking about, like, the Mahomes era, well, really, it'd be the Mahomes-Reed era. Like, there's still more chapters to be written. But, like, in terms of the supporting cast and, like, the cast of characters that come with this era of Chiefs football, you're talking about, like, Trav, you're talking about, like, Chris Jones, and you're kind of talking about Tyreek. And, I mean, Travis is, like, said he isn't retiring, but, like, he's probably only got, like, I think he's only really got one or two more years left in him, if I'm being honest. But, like, you win the Super Bowl this year, like, you can allow yourself to, like, ag and trade Chris Jones and, like, let us need walk and clear up, like, all that money to kind of retool, like, next year to come back in 25. You know what I mean? Do you I, don't think, think anyone, I don't think anyone would be too mad about that. I know. I just don't see Spags wanting to rebuild another defense again. <laughs> He's done well, such a I good don't job. Think it's a re- it, you're not really rebuilding the defense, though. I mean, yeah. like, you keep a lot of pieces. You're just, you swap out, you know, Jerry Sneed with, you know, you have Watson, you have Williams, and you probably take another quarter in the draft and I mean Mike Dana gets replaced by Felix hopefully and you know you can resign you can sign and resign bit pieces. I'm just saying like, you know, at some point, like you're going to need to resign McDuffie at some if you want to resign McDuffie. At some point you need to resign your Carloctuses. You know, are you going to want to resign Creed Humphrey or Trey Smith or both? Like, you're going to need money for that. If for some reason you want to resign your running back, you're going to need money for that. Like, we are going to need to make 
short-term cuts to re-sign long-term players down the road. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. Now, if you don't win it this year, you might try and chase the rabbit because I think a lot of people are going to want to chase <clears> the <throat> rabbit. But yeah, I, no. yeah. Well, I think I've rambled enough about this. Um, you know, the game itself wasn't super exciting. Um, Chiefs pretty much dominated. Now they have a date with Destiny. Play the Bills again. Mahomes is like, what? 2-0 and in the playoffs. Josh Allen has a winning record in the regular season, but no one gives a shit about the regular season. You know, playoffs is where the money is made. First game since the 13-second game. This time, Patrick Mahomes goes on the road for the first time in his playoff career, and he's going against big rival Josh Allen. Gentlemen, it's probably the biggest game in Buffalo Bills history. Did, except for that AFC title game a couple of years ago, but probably the second biggest game in Bill's history since their uh, defeat in Super Bowl 28 against the Cowboys, probably. You could have said any number, and yeah, I would have believed you. Well, I'm pretty sure Giants-Bill is 25, if I remember right. And so it's, it's Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Cowboys. So it should be 25, 26, 27, 28. We'll call it 28. Anyways, gentlemen, massive game of Buffalo, hostile crowd, tables are not safe. What say you? Do the Chiefs have a snowball chance in hell at winning this game? And if so, why? Wow. Trey, do you want this one first? You can go first this time. Oh, wow. Thank you, dude. Um, so I will say this. I'm going to start off with my little spiel here on this is that this is the first, aside from the Super Bowl, the first game Patrick Mahomes has had uh, an away game during the playoffs. That is impressive on its own, like you, that this is the first time we get to experience this as a fan base. Um, I, I, I don't care home or away. I, I have big faith in what Mahomes can do. Like what we talked about just a little bit ago, it's the red zone issues that we've been having. If you can't score on Buffalo, which, by the way, they are hoarding. They are hoarding really bad right now. They have a lot of players that are just, like, limping. They, you know, they're into their third, four stringers um, all across that defense. If we can't score on this defense, like, we only scored one. I, I can't Did we score two touchdowns? We scored two touchdowns on Miami. Like, uh, we need to score first team to 21 in this game, like, I feel like is a winner. We haven't had that you know, team, we have our, we haven't really scored 21. We haven't had three touchdowns performances in a while. Um, we kind of need that, uh, Cole. Well, I don't know if it's going to be snowing in Buffalo again or not. I don't know if it'll be snowing. It'll be in the twenties though. Bomb it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to be in a, probably if it's going to be in the twenties, you know, that's a little bit warmer than the last week. Uh, but, we need to somehow find a way to score in the red zone, get to 21, and I feel like that's how we win. Trey, do you have anything to add on that? Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. Uh, with uh, Buffalo's defense, uh, you know, like, for example, like Kyrie Elam got that interception in the end zone. He was a healthy scratch the first half of the season. Although he's a first-rounder, like, yeah, their defense is not great. I think 
<clears throat> what it'll likely come down to is turnover battle. We at the start of the season, that was our, you know, bugaboo was not just the drops, but the fumbles, the interceptions, uh, <clears throat> still have a little bit of that in our game. And then Josh Allen, you know, you never know what he's going to do. Like the man could, you know, break seven tackles and for like a 75 yard touchdown run. And then he could literally throw it right to Nick Bolden, who's the only guy on the field. He is Jekyll and so, Hyde as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is. He's a Madden quarterback is what he is. He, he <laughs> plays quarterback like I play Madden. Like him and Jameis are the only two to do it. He's like a lovable loser. Like I think everybody loves him, but like they want to see his downfall. Does that does that make sense? Like I I I feel like that's him. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. That's probably just me. <laughs> I don't know. Josh Allen's just an easy punching bag because he does wacky shit. I think he's, he's a goofy team. guy. He's just he's just goofy. He's, he's goofy. a goof. Like he's, he's a goof all around. <laughs> um, he's one of those dudes where it's like, could you imagine him lifting the Lombardi Trophy? Like, probably not. But you know, I don't know. I guess I never would have thought Patrick Mahomes and his Kermit the Frog ass voice would have ever lifted the Lombardi. So I don't know. What do we I have? I know? A, we have a goof and a Kermit the Frog as our like greatest battle in the history of the well, NFL. Like, well, like in a commercial, you know, I'm sure you saw it with Peppa Pig, you know, for Paramount Plus. So, like, you know, they, they've already made the posters of, you know, Mahomes's, you know, body with Kermit the Frog's head and, like, you know, Josh Allen's body with Peppa Pig's head. You know, they're calling it, you know, whatever that's going to be, so. But uh, is, is there any more overblown story or like narrative than like this is Patrick Mahomes' first like away game like road. Wow, just shit game. on me after just talking about it. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> Mahomes' first road playoff game. I had not heard that before. Is there any more dumber narrative? Like, I can't. I'm so like perplexed that that is like a narrative. I like, just want to say away games like. Were very common for away playoff games was very common for us in the past. So like, I love this. Like the fact that this is our first one in four years, that's cool. Like as a fan, like the narrative is like, oh, well, how is he going to perform in an away playoff game? It's like, I don't know, probably fine. Like, I mean, he does fine in the Super Bowl. I mean, tons of players have gone in and played fine. I I find it like really, we haven't played in Buffalo. The, the one thing I – here's the thing. I will give credence to it being at Buffalo because I don't think the Chiefs have played at Buffalo since, like, 2020, which, like, doesn't count because there was, like, reduced capacity. They never had to go there in the playoffs. <clears throat> Buffalo's a tough place to play with, like, the fans. Like, there are tough places to play with fans. But, like, I don't, like, think Mahomes is magically going to, like, turn into – Kermit the Frog throwing the football just because, like, it's loud. Like, what? He's going to, from now on, like, it's just going to be an over my dead body, which we didn't even talk about the helmet cracking. I I wanted to talk about that for, like, In the shape of the Reaper. It was in the shape of the Reaper. Did you see that, Trey? Yeah. I did not see that. There's, like, a a picture going around of his helmet crack, and it's, like, in the shape of a Grim Reaper, and so, like, everybody's, like, that's sick. Yeah, no, it's it's like <laughs> it's so legit. Cool. Yeah, it's so cool. 
But how much money do you think Vice is? Uh, honestly, like, everybody keeps asking, like, how much money do you think Vice is lost on the, the helmet that... Dude, no one, even, no one even remembers. It's the same thing as Nike with, like, Zion Williams' sneaker. But like, it's it was like, a huge topic for two days, and then everyone forgot because no but one. But my thing is like the <clears> helmet. <throat> the helmet did its job. It protected Patrick. It he didn't you know crush his skull or anything, so it, it worked. It sure did. Yeah. Did he ever get fined for that? Like I know everyone was clamoring for him to get fined because he initiated the helmet to helmet contact, and honestly, they were right. <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't hear anything on that. Probably not then. So do we but, have final scores for this game? Man. Um, so I guess I'll go first because I'm going to be the one that has to take the, because I got to stand by my, uh, Super Bowl prediction where I picked the Bills to win. So I have to stand pat with what I predicted. I refuse to change my predictions because Kansas City beat a defense that in 2024 with Melvin Ingram on it. Um, so I think that it's going to be a lot higher scoring than people think. Um, usually in big time games, the flow of the game is a lot different than people would think. Washington, Michigan's a great example where everyone thought, oh, well, they're going to put up like 700 points and they put up like 28 through like three quarters. So I think that Buffalo is going to score about 31. Kansas State is going to score about like 24. So, give me Bills by a TD. Here, I'll go first, Trey, and we'll leave you last, and we'll send you on your merry way. We promised you 530, and we're almost on time. So, um, <laughs> I, I told you guys before, 21 was the <clears throat> score to get to. Um, obviously, we do that with a bunch of field goals. Um, so, whatever three touchdowns okay. plus three okay. field goals is, what, what does that equate to? Three um, touchdowns and three field 30. goals. 30? Oh, um, yeah, I thought, yep, okay. for some reason I thought you meant seven field goals. I'm going to go 30 to 27. Let's make this a tight one, baby. Trey? Casey, by the way, Casey, sorry. Yeah, I got to I can't, can't pick against us. Um, I am a little worried. But however, with that being said, I will go 27-22, the good guys. Let's go. My neighbor that just moved in is also a Bills fan, so I really do hope that we win. So that way I can like egg his apartment or something. Do something like ass hattery. I thought about this a little bit ago. I was like, has anybody ever seen a true Bills fan? Now that you say that somebody moved next to you, I guess now. They have a have. Bills flag in their window. We're, for, for one, we're not supposed to be able to do that, according to my lease <laughs> agreement. Um, I'm not going to narc on that because I'm not an asshole. Unless I don't know if it, this person, if it was this person specifically. It could have been some other person, but there was someone like playing music on Saturday and you know how like it, it was just so bassy, like it was so loud with so much bass. I could hear like the like through my apartment and I wanted to call the police so bad because I'm a freaking Karen, I guess, but. Yeah, if that shit happens again, I'm telling on him. <laughs> Such a fun hater. So, Trey, it's 5.30. We promised you 30 minutes. Well, we promised you 15. And then we're like, Trey is so cool. We need him on for 30. Um, you got other things you got to go run off and do. Do you have any, like, parting words for uh, <clears throat> our 10 listeners, five, five to 10 listeners? 
Go Chiefs, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. You just pissed off twelve fans. <laughs> pissed off, pissed off nine out of the ten, baby. Probably, honestly. All right, well, Dre, thank you again for coming on. You're more than welcome to come on anytime after this, and we will hopefully see you soon in the near future. Hopefully, we'll be able to defend your bracket challenge title. Do you even remember? Oh, who, I was going to ask this earlier. Do you even remember who won? Do you like who you picked? Uh. So I didn't pick the championship, the winner, right? But I picked UConn to make the game. So I think okay. that's what carried me. Gosh, okay. that's definitely what, what I wanted to ask that earlier, but it slipped you pick by. You to win? I think that's in that win. one, I think I did not pick KU. I think I picked. No, they were on the same side as UConn. I do yeah, that. I don't remember. I don't remember. Whoever like a one or a two seed was on the other side, probably. Yeah. We'll, we'll just say it was fairly Dickinson. How about that? Let's go. That, that'll work. <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, thank you, Trey, for coming on. And like what Sam said, we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'll see your beautiful face in the morning. Yeah. See you. <laughs> I can't believe that that poor guy has to go work with you tomorrow, Beans. What an awful, awful, awful experience. He's a great guy. Uh, he's, he's awesome. Good guy. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. He's, all-time guy dude. All-time guy dude. Bean Beans. What a quote by Beans. Anyways, Beans, so we might as well get back into the rest of the matchups. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to lay them out. Um, we'll preview the matchups. I don't really care about covering much of anything. We can mention stuff, I suppose. But I'm going to lay them out from most inter- least interesting to most interesting, in my opinion. And we're going to stick with the AFC for the most least interesting matchup of the entirety of this remaining playoffs. And that is Ravens versus Texans. I get nothing from this matchup. Really? Yeah, I'm not like. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. Not very interested in the Texans. Don't actually think they're that good. Um, I know they beat the hell out of the Browns, but I mean, Joe Flacco just kind of threw two pick sixes and that game was over. Joe Flacco showed his age for sure. Like they're down 10 driving and Joe Flacco and and then they're down 24, like, cause Joe Flacco two, throws two picks. So, I mean, like, I think the Texans are fun, I guess, but like, I don't think they're that fun. And then like the Ravens, like. I, I just think the Ravens are good and are just going to win. Like, here's the thing. This wild card weekend was so boring. All the This is why we're, like, not covering it. It's not because, like, some of the results weren't interesting. Like, yeah, the Packers beat the Cowboys, and that was really funny. And, like, you know, the Lions versus Rams was, like, a great game. Like, super emotional and everything. But, like, all the other games were just, like, so boring. They're all, like, blowouts. Like, teams just getting killed. And it's like, why am I watching this? Like, the Texans won by a billion. The Chiefs basically handled the game the entire time. Like, the Bills pretty much had that game by the nuts the entire game, too. And, like, Bucks eagles was a blowout. Like, that game was boring. Like, there were no good games outside of Detroit and L.A. So, like, I don't know. 
I'm not like the matchups were fun, but like I don't see it with this one, which means it's gonna be the best game of the season, uh, best game of the season probably, right? I'm a you know, I think everybody's kind of just waiting for the uh, when CJ Stroud gonna fold like a lawn chair game. I mean, he's had him. He's thrown. I think he threw two picks in a game here not, uh, not that long ago. But the thing is, like, he's pretty smooth. He's a smooth killer. Like, I've been really impressed with how he's been playing. He, you know, he trusts his receivers. He knows how to get get the ball to his receivers. He's always staying calm. He's always staying collected. Uh, the one story I heard that I think is fun, and I'll, I'll tell it here, is that a lot of quarterbacks when uh, they were growing up. You know, you, their dads would always be screaming in the stands, you know, run, run, run. Well, when CJ Stroud was growing up, his dad was always screaming in the stands, run, 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 whenever he was that quarterback, when he was just real little, like fourth, fifth grade. His coach, when he was younger, said, no, don't run. You're going to stick in the pocket. We know you can run, but you're going to learn how to throw the ball because that's what's going to get you into the – that's what's going to get you further. So his coach just beat it in his head when he was younger, stick in the pocket and throw. And you see that now. He doesn't run for very many yards. He runs for like what, ten yards a game, maybe if that. He's not a very good run. He's a good runner, but he's not a he's not a run first quarterback. He's Reminds a thrower. Of, he's rut. Reminds me of Herbert in that sense. Yeah, Herbert. He does, can, he's more mobile than Herbert, but like Herbert can move, but doesn't like need to. Exactly, and I think that's why he does such a good job at picking apart the defense because he's learned at such a young age how to read defenses. That's why he has uh, – we all like made fun of him because of his IQ test, but you know, he's done a good job at reading defenses. He's done a really good job at playing football. I mean, how much further can he take it? It's really taken this team up to the next step, and uh, I, I, I want the Texans to win, not because I'm a Chiefs fan and want home field advantage, but I want the Texans to win because I think – they are better than what their record shows. Yeah, you know, for me, I think it's one of those things where, like, CJ Stroud's really good. But, like, Lamar's going to win MVP, right? Yeah. Like, again, I said it last week with the Browns, where I'm like, oh, well, the Browns, like, have an advantage, like, all over the place. The, the one place they didn't have an advantage was quarterback, obviously, and that kind of, you know, was the reason that they lost. Um... But, like, for me, like, I just see this as a by-the-numbers game for Baltimore. Now, granted, you would have said that Tennessee, a couple of years, like, in 2019, was a by-the-numbers game for the Ravens. Um, I think if there was any... I wouldn't love to walk in to play a D'Amico Ryan's, like, defense if I'm Lamar. Like, I don't necessarily want that in my divisional matchup. Um... I don't know. The, one of the top seeds is going to lose this week. Like one of the, one of the two or one or remaining two seeds is probably going to lose this week. Um, it just kind of how it is. Whether that's, it could be as minor as Kansas State beating the Bills. Could be as major as like the Packers beating the 49ers, which we'll get to. But like this is like the one that doesn't seem like it would happen, so maybe it would. Like Lamar's playoff struggles are well documented, and this, that, and the other. Rest versus Russ, this, that, and the other. I just don't personally. I, I don't see it. Like I don't even think CJ Stroud needs to have like, like you mentioned. Like 
he's played really well. I don't even need to see. I don't even think like it's going to require him to have like the oh like that he's still a rookie game. Like CJ Stroud might go like twenty for thirty for like two fifty and two TDs, and they might just lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to pick the Ravens, and honestly, I think it's, like, 31 to 21. Like, I think the Texans will keep it mostly close, but, like, I don't really think that they will. Yeah, uh, I agree that – I don't – well, I don't agree. I do agree, but I don't agree. Uh, I think that they will keep it close. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, this is going to be a true, like, test of – you know, this team's pretty young, and they've got some veterans on there as well that are – they got a good mixture going for them. Um, I think, like you said, they're going to keep it close. I think it's going to be 28 to 20. Let's go 28, 20, 28, 21. We'll go. I'm going to go with Houston. I'm going with Houston on this. So moving on to the next game, then this is the game that I'm deeming as the second most interesting game of the, uh, divisional round that does not include the chiefs. Chiefs bills would rank number one for me just because narratives and because I'm a chiefs fan and I'm a Hummer, but that would be the Packers versus the 49ers is my second most interesting game of the week. For me, it's interesting because the Packers and the Niners have had many battles and the Niners seem to have won all of them. (laughs) So you have to wonder is the seven seed Packers, who are the youngest roster in the NFL, going to basically do a reverse Niners? Are they going to be the low seed that kind of potentially closes this window for the 49ers? Um, this game's kind of weird for me. Like, the way Jordan Love showed out on that game, Aaron Jones... Show, I mean, I'm sure they've been prolonging their season like every other team has to get to this point. Um, but, I mean, if we all remember, it kind of came – there's like kind of a little threading of the needle here in the NFC to for them to make it. And they made it, and they showed up and showed out. And sorry about that. My dog's grunting. She's just kind of just trying to – Oh, she's the cutest girl. <laughs> she's just trying to get some attention right now. Uh, but anyway – like we just gotta mention this. Dallas looked horrible. They chose it, it it took Dak Prescott three quarters to finally say, Oh, I can throw four touchdowns. Um did you that notice was, this? Like did you notice bad. that C D did you notice that C D and Dak were like kind of getting flustered at each other? Like we kind of seen two of the top teams of the NFC or not and you know, not including the 49ers, kind of like implode these last like not a few weeks, but like we've seen the Eagles kind of implode we'll, here. We'll get to, the Eagles, but we, yeah, we'll get to them here in a second. But like, back. did you not notice that for oh, Dallas too? Like this game, they started to like just yell at each other. Like Dak and CD were just kind of at each other's it, throats. And- it's the unnecessary pressure. They asked Jerry Jones like about Mike McCarthy, and he said, "We'll see. How, we'll see how the playoffs go." And so like, the coach is on edge. The players are on edge. Like everyone's on edge, and they ran into. The best quarterback since week 12, according to the passer rating. Like, the, like the Packers, like, have basically become one of the best teams in the, in the uh, NFL. Like, that's one of the crazy things. Like, the thing is, is you're, like, a top eight team if you have, a top, if you have like, a top ten quarterback. Like, n- almost always, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Packers are probably, like, a top five team right now. 
because their quarterback is playing at a top one level if you just are looking at passer rating. I mean, yeah, and and Jordan Love looked really good that game. I w- with the Packers, yeah. like they, the Packers have always like done really good, fairly good. They've always been in the playoffs. They've always won games in the playoffs. They've made it to a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that's because they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback for the last like thirty years. And now this but is how did they Love's do it? First- they might have done it again. So we're not like make the Hall of Fame. So is this name me a time? And I don't know if you know this or not, that we have gone back to back to back, like Hall of Fame, Hall of, I'm not saying Jordan loves a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, but when's the last time that's happened? If you, I don't think you would ever see back to back. The only example, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. The Niners went back to back with yep. Montana and Steve Young. Now, they didn't draft Steve Young. Steve Young was a failed well, number one. Packers didn't draft Brett Favre. True. Yes. You are correct. But like what I'm saying is, is that like Montana and Young is like probably the best, is like the original elite baton handoff. And like you see that once in like a generation. I don't even know where that would have been back in the day. Like I don't know. Like I don't think Bart Starr like handed off to a Hall of Fame QB, like Johnny U didn't, Len Dawson didn't, Joe Namath certainly fucking didn't. Joe Namath shouldn't even be in the Hall of Fame anyways, but I digress. Like, like John Elway, like, didn't, like, you, like, normally you don't see that, and, like, it's very rare to see Montana to Young, well, then, you know, fast forward, you get Favre to Rodgers, and then, like, if, if Jordan Love becomes a Hall of Famer, it, it's got to be the only time that, like, it's three in a row. Because you have to think about the improbability of doing this, Beans. You need to find a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then you either need, via draft or trade, and then if you're really good, you need to either draft late or find or trade for someone who is also going to become a Hall of Fame quarterback, which is just obscene. You're picking in the 20s. How are you supposed to find a Hall of Fame quarterback in the 20s? And then you have to do it again. Like, it's... If Jordan Love makes the Hall of Fame, it is, like, one of the... Green Bay may never have a bad quarterback. Like... In in our lifetime, think about that. Brett Favre has been really good since like 1996, at least. Probably before that, honestly. Like, I don't remember when Brett Favre like became Brett Favre. But my entire life, the Packers have only had Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Jordan Love, who was elite in the second half of the season. So my question is, it's not really a question, I guess. It's more of kind of like a statement with an open-ended question at the end. Think of how... Think of how the Packers did this. They sat him for three years behind, you know, a Hall of Fame. He's just sat there, grew, learned from Aaron Rodgers, who's the craziest SOB anybody's ever met. He had to sit there and learn from him and then watch all this film of him and collect, you know, every skill asset that 
Aaron Rodgers has been, and now he gets to be do. Now he gets to do it. But they did this where they sat him for three years, and guess what? The Packers extended him. They still extended Jordan That's Love. The fuck part about it, Jordan Love literally might actually be really good, and they've already extended him. And you know what that does? It extends their window potentially. Exactly. Like how think of so like everybody thinks that these teams has to win. This team has to win. Think of the Texans. They have to win now because they have this four year window with CJ Stroud. These guys extended it. If you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and then you draft one in the first round, sit them for three years. Just go ahead and say, fuck it. Extend the guy for another three to four years. That opens up your window again. Like they just it, it's rinse and repeat. And they are that's really intelligent. I don't think a lot of people have ever thought of it this way. And people I, have done it like the Mahomes way, where like they sit behind a Hall of Fame, not a Hall of Fame, but like a good quarterback for a year, and then throw him out there. And then, you know, if he does good for a couple of years, then you extend him for a long-term deal. This is just repetitive process where like you have this Hall of Fame quarterback. You sit this quarterback for three years. He has the fourth year. Let's go ahead and extend him for even longer because we already know what he's like. He's been backing up for three years. He's grown. He's developed. His, he's smart now. This is this is really next-level stuff that we're going to see that might change how quarterbacks are either paid, operated, or you know when they're picked up, when they're drafted, how they're ex- when, they're, when their extension's going to hit. This is really smart on Green Bay. I'm not going to lie. I My thing is, is just... I, I, it just won't happen it, anywhere else. Like the the reason it worked works in Green Bay is because you know you get you get Rogers or Rogers you get Favre and then you draft Rogers and you're able to sit him for three years and no one really cares. I mean they care, but like it, it works. Like it it worked perfectly, right? And you won another Super Bowl. Um. But, like, Rodgers is, like, an elite talent that just randomly got drafted 25th overall. You know what I mean? And, like, Jordan Love had a lot of elite physical skills, and, like, he fell into the 20s. So, I mean, like, you need to find, like, the correct quarterback prospect that falls into, like, the 20s. Because that's the issue, is, like, if you drafted, like, C.J. Stroud, number one overall... Or Bryce Young, even number one overall, those guys don't get to sit. Like you, you don't get to sit those guys. Like you don't get to develop them. You know what I mean? Like, so those guys are sink or swim. So you need to find like good teams with older quarterbacks that are picking in like the twenties that are like okay with not using a first round pick. To like go win a Super Bowl, you know what I mean. And then now like, we're that's in- kind of the issue. Like, who could get away with that? Like Pittsburgh didn't even do that. You know what I mean? Like Pittsburgh kept going all in to try and win a Super Bowl. They could have drafted someone before Kenny Pickett. They could have drafted someone like in 2018, like when Big Ben was coming off of his really good year. Now, granted, they would have gotten thrown into the fire in 2018. Because I think that's when Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. Maybe that was 2019. No, I think it was 2019 when he got hurt. But anyways, doesn't doesn't much matter. Coming out of 2018, going into 2019, I guess is what it meant. But like, you could have drafted someone as Pittsburgh, and you probably could have gotten away with it, but you didn't. Like, I just don't think teams want to do it. 
You know what I mean? That's the issue. And we talked zero about <laughs> Niners versus Packers. Holy hell. <laughs> and now, like, and look, let's take the flip. Let's look at their opponent. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan has a seventh round Mr. Irrelevant who, you know, they have all this money because you're real. Brock Purdy's only worth like 800K a year. So they're kind of in a different window right now than what they're, everybody else is talking about. So. You know, Brock Purdy, I think, is actually the only quarterback left in the playoffs and not drafted in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it's it. So it's kind of a tale of two different stories here uh between what jordan love went through and what brock purdy is currently now um because right now like because he's so cheap and they don't have all this money invested into you know brock purdy or a good quarterback i that brock purdy's good but like uh, you know what i mean a quarterback or a veteran quarterback yeah. they can now invest all this money and assets into other positions that have you know seemed to work and now they're just like this ferrari of a team because they, you know quarterback's cheap they can invest everywhere else, invest all this draft into their edges and their running back. And, you know, there's definitely a tale of two different teams here. Yeah, I, you know, I think these are the two best teams in the NFC at this point. Uh, I'm I'm not like super sold on the Lions and I definitely am not sold on the Bucks. Um, I, I think that this is kind of the NFC title game. Um, maybe a little bit less so if Green Bay is able to win. But, I mean, like, I just, again, these are the two teams that are playing the best, in my opinion. Detroit's playing good, but Detroit's a little uneven for my taste. So, I really want to pick the Packers for this game, by the way. I, I do, actually do I actually do feel like they can win. Um, I felt that way about them. Versus Dallas, I said that last week. I also said I thought the Steelers, I thought the Steelers could win until the game wasn't played in a blizzard. Then I was a little less sure that that was going to happen. But I felt pretty good about the Packers last week against Dallas. I don't remember if I picked them or not. I want to say I might have actually. I don't remember. It doesn't doesn't matter. I picked the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. But. I want to pick the Packers. I'm not going to. I think San Francisco comes out a little flat. I think I think what is likely to happen is Packers will come out to about a 10 nothing lead, and then the Niners will eventually kind of win the game, like 28-24 to 24 or something along those lines. Um, yeah. Man, I, I agree. I do want to pick the Packers so badly just because – just think of not not from a Chiefs perspective, but think about like if we make it to the Super Bowl, how much wide, how much more wide open it just makes us. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this from a thousand foot perspective, and I'm just gonna say I I just think the San Francisco 49ers have too many horses. They've been here before. They they know what they're doing. Kyle Shanahan's a freaking God. Both Kyle Shanahan and Lafleur are just great coaches. But I I think in the end, three. Shanahan's on top. I think it's going to be like 34-28. I think I think we're just going to see bombs flying everywhere, man. All right, and then this is my most interesting game this week. Lions and Dan Campbell versus Bucks and Baker Mayfield. I love this game. One of Dan Campbell and or Baker Mayfield is going to the NFC title game. 
This is the Sickos game. I will be watching this game. Absolutely watching this game. I think that this game has a very good chance of being really weird. Yes, I agree. So, I... I mean, I know Baker is, like, literally hurt. And, like, Tampa's got a ton of momentum. And the Lions are coming off probably one of the most emotionally charged wins ever? Probably ever, I would say. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a, such a sickos game. This is gonna be so much fun. I I don't really know what to say about this game because like the game itself isn't interesting. It's the characters in the game. Like I don't think anyone really cares about like Rashad White versus like Detroit's defense or like. Ida Vea going against, like, a very good offensive line. I think it's literally just, we want to root for Dan Campbell, or we want to root for Baker Mayfield. Um, I think that's kind of it, right? Like, it's just, we want to see, this is a very WWE-esque game, where it's very character-driven. Yeah, I agree. Um... Do you have any more analysis than other than, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I feel like you don't find this game as interesting as I do. No, I do. It's just like, no, I, mm. I think people expected this game, not this game. I think they expect the Lions be here. I don't think a lot of people expected the Bucks to be here, but God, Baker Mayfield looks like he's having fun. Dan Campbell's, you know, just, yeah, like. You got Baker Mayfield on the sideline ripping some Zins and some, cracking some uh, smelling salts, and Dan Campbell's just like all caffeined out and got his dip in. Like, we got some blue collar energy going here, man, and I'm all for it. I love it. I, I love this game because of that perspective. It's just Bucks just seem a little meh, kind of, but they've kind of hit this little peak here. Because like, let's let's face it, a couple weeks ago they only beat. They only beat the Panthers they 90 zero. Carol- yeah, they beat Carolina 90 zero. So like, like that part's like sticking in the back of my head, like, like that this team barely beat the Panthers. Good. And then, and then you got Dan Campbell, who's just like gives me the sour taste in my mouth because like they beat us, and but it's just. I, then there's Jared Goff, who's just this co- goofy, like another goofy quarterback in the NFL. Goofy, so it's, goofy quarterback. Another goofy quarterback. So that should have been my top five list. Top five goofiest qu- starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I could probably, st- I could make that next week. We'll make that next week. So to me, this game, like I love it because of like you know Dan Campbell and Baker Mayfield, but it's just like you just looked at it from a different li- a, r- a different colored lens. It's just like it's gross. Like I, um, I, I really like the idea. You know, Detroit is like America's team at the point at this point. Like they, it. What's funny is is everyone's like, "Oh, this is a big matchup between two like downtrodden franchises, or whatever." But like, th- that's the crazy thing. The those early Bucks teams and just subsequent teams were so bad. When I say Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first thing you think of is like bad franchise, right? Yeah. And they have two Super Bowl wins. Like, that's how bad they were. Like, they were so bad at their conception. They were so 
bag between Super Bowl wins that, like, you just don't, like, they're an underdog team. Like, perpetually, I don't, like, I don't know what they have to do to not be an underdog team. Like, I don't know. Because, like, even if they win, like, a third Super Bowl, they're going to feel that way. It's like with, um, like, even if the Panthers, like, won a Super Bowl in the next five years, like, I wouldn't think of them as, like, champions or anything. They're just still that plucky underdog team. And I think it's because they're a new ex- newer expansion team. And, like, just haven't had sustained success. But, like, the Saints were just as bad. And the Saints, like, washed that away. Like, I don't know how they did. I don't know how the Saints have one Super Bowl win. And the Bucks have two. And, like, the Saints have washed the scent of failure off. But, like, the Bucks haven't. I think it's just because of the prolonged success with Breeze, right? That's got to be it. There's, so there's that. Think of the just just sickest, like, the NFL would be rolling in their grave. Former NFL teams would just be rolling in their grave of a Packers and Bucks just matchup next I week. I don't think it would, though. They would just They would just hype up, like, the next, it, the narrative would just be the next great Packers quarterback, like coronation, versus like the underdog Baker Mayfield. Like, people love Baker Mayfield. Like, oh, they do love Baker, Ma- Baker. Baker Mayfield. Is good for ratings. You know, this what is I mean? true. Like, I mean, he has one point five million there, Instagram no followers. Team, it's great for ratings. There is no team left that is bad for ratings. Like the only team that would have been really bad for ratings. Is Browns. I feel like the Browns would have been bad. Browns and Steelers. Like, the Browns would have. And, like, the Steelers play an awful brand of football, but they're the Steelers. So it would have been fine. But, like, everyone else, like, the Rams, I guess, probably would have. Rams are probably, like, the second worst team for ratings, even though they play in L.A. Like, there's no bad teams left. If anything, Baltimore might be the most uninteresting team left. Like, them and the Bucks. Like, the Bucks are more interesting, but, like, you can weave storylines. And, like, the Bucks have been really good in the past, like, couple of years. Like, they are, like, a perennial playoff team over the past five years, which is insane. Yeah. Anyways, I have a really hot take, by the way. Um, I think that I said that one of the top three seeds was probably going down. And I, I think it. I'm leaning towards... That being either Buffalo, I really want think it's going to actually be San Francisco if we do get one. But I think I really think that Tampa Bay is actually going to win this game. Um, it doesn't seem like they should, but to me, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of catharsis that got relieved from Detroit, right? A lot of, like, exhale, you know, people are crying in the stands. Like, it's an insane environment. Like, dead serious insane environment. Honestly, like, the preferred NFC championship for me would be Packers versus Lions in Detroit. Like, that'd be, uh, that environment would be insane. But I feel like it's a very emotional win. It's a very cathartic win. And I think it's very hard to get up. For the next game, especially because it's the Bucks. I think the Bucks being as uninteresting as they are is going to help them because if they would have played the Eagles, it's like this is the defending NFC champion. Like 
it's easy to get up for the Eagles. You know what I mean? Especially because, like, C.J. Gardner got Johnson's, like, playing his old team again. I think the Bucks are just so uninteresting that Detroit very easily could come out flat in this game. And I don't think Baker's going to come out flat. I don't know if Baker's going to play great. But I actually do think the Bucks are going to win this game, like, 21 to 20. So you kind of brought up an interesting point there, and it reminds me of what happened to the Chiefs after the 13-second game. Do you remember what happened the week after the 13-second game? They came out really hot, and then they just fell up. They ran out of gas at the end of that game against Cincinnati. Exactly, and they lost. They fell apart. And that's – I kind of agree with you in that sentiment. Like, you know, everybody, like, we come off this high, you know, 13 seconds. We come off this high, overtime, we won – Rah, rah, and, like, we're going to go to the Super Bowl, and then, like... You know what, too? Bengals, at that time, super uninteresting. Yeah. Like, they won their division, and, like, we lost to them in the playoffs, but it... Or in the regular season, but it was like, oh, we we blew that game. Like, that's not going to happen again. Like, Tennessee should have won that game, too, because they had a billion sacks. Like... It felt like a layup. Like that was the one like championship game where I like felt it, it's it's funny. That was the one championship game we played where I was like, we should definitely win this. And it was like the one that we lost. And then now we got and now we got the Lions and the Bucks. The Lions coming off of this, you know, rah rah, like, oh, we won. Like this is our first one in 30 years, and people are crying in the stands, and the crowd was so pumped, and Dan Campbell's this you know, big testicled guy just wheeling and dealing all over the place trying to prove a point here. And then you got the Bucks. Like Baker Mayfield has you know, he's got, you know, everything to prove at this point. He's, you know, trying to re- get a second contract, whether it's from uh the Bucks or if it's somewhere else. He's trying to put tape out there. He's trying to put his nuts on the table too. So I think you got big big nut sacks versus big nut sacks here. And I don't know who's gonna have the biggest at the end of this one. Uh at the end, I you know God, I don't know, man. I just think the more you talked about it, I I think Tampa Bay might come out on top of this. You can't just steal my take. I think you have to. Okay, fine. Fine. Dan Campbell's got bigger nutsack. He's going to go for it on two-point conversion at the end of the game. They're down by one. Uh, They're going to win 22-21. There you go. I'm glad glad we don't have the same pick for that because, you know, I'm I'm trying to go out on a limb on that. I, again, I... It's vibes. I'm picking on vibes. I don't like doing real analysis. Like I don't. I don't care about real analysis. If you want real, like if you wanted to go with real analysis, you would listen to like some sort of like professional. But like that's not what I do. And it, the vibes, like again, I want the Lions to win. And I think they can win. Like the Lions, if they play well, are going to win the game. But the Bucks have just as good of a roster and are uninteresting and Detroit's coming up that game and that's why I picked them. So now beans, I will provide you with my top five most interesting Super Bowl matchups. All right. With these remaining teams. Okay. So honorable mention. Anything included that includes the Lions that I haven't listed. That's the honorable mention. So there are some Lions listings in here. All of the other ones I didn't list. So like, for instance, Lions Chiefs is not listed on mine. That's that's an honorable mention. Anything with the Lions. So number five, I have 
Chiefs versus Bucks, Super Bowl 55 rematch, but most importantly, Beans, a Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes rematch. If you remember their OU versus Texas Tech, one billion yard. Uh, remember when we had that in the pre- in like a uh, regular season game and everybody was like, oh, remember this one in college? It was like 54 to 48. And then like the regular yep. season game just like turned out to nothing. Exactly. And that's why it's interesting because people are actually going to be interested in Baker versus Pat Mahomes. I would be interested in it because I think that the Bucks actually have good enough receivers to exploit our corners, a.k.a. they have a 6-5 fucking Mike Evans, which would be tough to guard. Number four, I have Ravens versus 49ers. Um, I don't actually think that this matchup is super interesting. Um, we've already seen it this year. The Ravens dog walk the Niners, which probably wouldn't happen in the Super Bowl. But it's only here because they were the two one seeds, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Number three, I have Chiefs versus Packers. It's the same type of thing as the Ravens versus the Niners, where it's two really good teams, even though I don't think the Chiefs are really good. But it doubles as that bookend of we haven't had a Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl since the first one. So I think that makes it interesting. I would like to see Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes again. I think that there is a lot of potential monies to be made from that. I think, you know, anything with Patrick Mahomes in it versus a young up-and-coming star. By the way, I want to put in an honorable mention as well, Texans versus Packers, because that's the holy shit, look at these new shiny toys. Future yes, of the Bowl. Exactly. Number two is Bills versus 49ers. This is my Super Bowl pick, and this is the two teams that I think personally are A, playing the best, and B, are the best in the NFL. So that's my take on that. But my number one most interesting Super Bowl is two really good teams, two teams that are playing very well and both horribly tortured franchises. I have Bills versus Lions. Somebody has got to pop the cherry for the Super Bowl. The fact that you made this one like one of your interesting ones. It's got to happen. God, that would be I guess it would be kind of fun. Dan Campbell versus Josh Allen. Everyone in the stands post game would be crying, whether it's for joy or for sorrow. No dry eye would be left. Could you imagine Buffalo being the first team ever to lose five Super Bowls without winning one? Or the Lions finally getting to a Super Bowl and winning? Tears of joy. Or and tears then, of sorrow because the Lions lost the Super Bowl. Well, think of how far they've come. They fired their offensive coordinator middle of the season. Like, God, yeah. how do you feel if you're Ken Dorsey? Oh, he's just horrible. He's not going to have a... Ken Dorsey got fired because they ran like a 12th dude out to block a field goal against Denver. Yeah. That's, what, that's why the Bills are... That's why the Bills have been turned around, because some fucking jackass, like, went onto the field when he wasn't supposed to against Denver. They lost. Yeah, it's like we forgot all about that, Where how far they've come this season. Um, so, yeah, uh, feels gross, but it feels right. You know, I, 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 I can understand where you're coming from. I mean, I don't even think that game feels gross, though, because, like, 
yeah, the Lions do a little gross and out of place in the Super Bowl, I guess. And the Bills do a little bit, too. But they're both, like, really, really good. The narrative is really strong. Like, realistically, if you just wanted the team that feels the least gross versus the other team that feels the least gross, then it's just Chiefs versus Niners, which is another honorable mention, by the way. It's it's Chiefs versus Niners or Chiefs versus, like, Packers. Like in the Chiefs, the Chiefs being the least gross team in the Super Bowl is so like weird. It's like Chiefs or Ravens, and they both don't feel great. The AFC honestly has no teams that don't feel gross in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah. Like the NFC, like Dallas, like feels at home. San Francisco feels at home. Like Green Bay does. I think the Steelers, it's the Steelers. The Steelers are the lone team that, like, don't feel gross representing the AFC. Like, even New England kind of feels gross because it's, like, new age. Okay, well, yeah. But they won't in, like, five years. Uh, no. <laughs> no. What do you mean, no? Wait, are you saying, like, I'm talking about, like, you remove how good any of the teams are. You just put the logo. Like, you envision a Lombardi trophy and the logo on either side. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I, like, I'm that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, gotcha. if you're tier listing it, like, the only S tiers are, like, Packers, Niners, Cowboys, Steelers. And then, like, the only A tier is, like, New England. And everything else is like kind of gross, a little bit gross after that. Like everything in the NFC South is like D or F tier. Okay, I see what you're saying now. I was the, a little the Raiders might be might be A tier. The Raiders might be A tier, but like they've been so bad for forever. Yeah, they've been kind of ugly. So and like the thing is, is like Dallas hasn't been to a conference championship since '96, but like Dallas has like never been consistently just horrible. Yeah. Like the Raiders. No one knows what we're talking about. You know, maybe I'll do that next week. Maybe we'll have a tier list next week. There we go. All right, Beans. I'm sure you saw the shocking potential news. Which one? Per random guy on Twitter that is like a Florida like beat reporter or something. The new college football video game will drop July 12th. Dude, I've already put in my leave request. I wouldn't do that because it's not confirmed. I can always pull out, but... <laughs> How many times have you done that since October? Heh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will also be taking that day off, assuming that it is actually coming out that day. I will. That be day? Taking... That day? Bro. We're talking about a week. I don't have enough vacation time for a week. Um, oh, not to about anything, but with Christmas being on a Wednesday, like, I gotta take off. Fourth of July is, like, on a Thursday, and, like, Christmas is on, like, a Wednesday. Like, I gotta, like, take off so many days. And New Year's is on a Wednesday, too. It's gonna be weird. Oh, dude, I have to take, I have to take off so many fucking days. Or whatever, just to make my holidays not weird. Like, I don't, like, 
I might have like I I think I got to take off like the Friday after Christmas because otherwise like what do I do like show up for Christmas and then like leave immediately? I don't want to do that. Yeah. So like I got to take like that off. And then, like, I guess I got to take off the two days between the weekend and the first. Because I get the first off, which is nice. But, like, am I just supposed to take off, like, those two days and then, like, that Friday? And then, like, just show, like, leave the day, like, Christmas Eve? Like, I'm just supposed to go home at Christmas Eve. I kind of want to take Christmas Eve off then. And then if I'm taking Christmas Eve off, I might as well just take all five of those days off. Yeah, I never thought of that. But then, like, with the 4th of July, like, I got to take, like, the day after the 4th off. And then, like, I probably want to take the day before the 4th, like, the 3rd off. It's a terrible timing. And, like, I got to be in a wedding that's on a Friday. So I already got to take, like, three days off for that. I got to take that Friday off. I got to be there for Thursday. So I got to leave, like, on Wednesday. Boo. I mean, they're getting like, married on Friday. Who gets married on a Friday? I don't know. Ask Anthony and Rachel. Oh. Now, right. Grant, good job, Rachel. Good job, Anthony. Like, yeah, that you guys do that. Good job. Well, you see, K State has a ten percent chance of playing at Colorado that weekend. So you know, we'll see what happens. We have a twenty percent chance of it not of not being screwed. They could play at Colorado on that Saturday, or. They could have a bye week that week. I'm hoping for bye week. Uh, that's why we didn't make our wedding decision until the schedule came out. Well, I mean, they're not going to, again, like, I don't expect Anthony and Rachel to, like, make their uh, wedding decision based off of the K-State football schedule. Because, you know, Rachel didn't go there. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I, I'm a little, little shocked, like, you know, can't wait to have Rachel on again. I'll have to ask her this question, but like with it being like a fall wedding and uh, she's big into like Broncos stuff, like I'm shocked that she got married in the fall, but fall's a great time to get married. I know people like don't like it because of football, but it's all it, it, the pictures, the videos, beautiful chef's kiss the weather. Weather was weather's perfect in the fall. Like what other time? What other, it's the perfect time of year, man. Bring. <laughs> It's not the same. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I probably will never know. So that's fine. No, you will figure it out. Nah, maybe my right hand or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the audio listeners to hear that and what you just said, and then to hear clapping after that. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm sure. Thanks for, you know, making me seem like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I, you know, I have one last thing I want to say. Um, I got one last thing I want to say, and then um, I'm going to ask you for a thought-provoking moment, and then, like, you know, we'll we'll wrap it up. But I'm listening to the radio today, and they're talking – this is a sports station, by the way, but they love to, like, talk about random shit to start, kind of like us. And the topic of Disney adults got brought up, and they were saying that Disney – adults weren't like super weird which i don't agree with for the most part i think i think a lot of the, I, I think it depends i think they get i think they get a worse rap than, than they are 
But like, there's a lot of people who are like fanatics, and it's like not healthy. But they were like naming things that were like weirder than a Disney adult. One of them was like someone who doesn't have like a kid on the team coaching like a sports team, which I thought was like kind of what. Like I don't. I I guess that offended me because I'm a guy who doesn't have kids who helped coach a sports team like twice. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes me weird. But the other one that made me that like really confused me, and I think this was because I don't know what the line of demarcation is. But it was like any adult that goes, especially by themselves, to a kids movie by themselves. And I'm like, what's the line of demarcation on a kids movie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are we talking, like, are we talk? like, I went to, like, Into the Spider-Verse by myself, and that's, like, an animated movie, like, geared to kids. Like, am I allowed to go see that in theaters? Or, like, am I not? Like, what's the line? Like, obviously, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast is, like, whatever. But, like, does that mean I couldn't go to Beauty and the Beast, like, the live-action one? Like, if I... This is really what made me think about it. I went to The Incredibles 2 when it came out. And I went with some other people, obviously. But, like, am I a weirdo for going to that movie because I really enjoyed that movie as a kid? So we went and... So Lauren and I went and saw Super Mario Bros. We were the oldest people in there other than parents. Like, it was, like, kids and us. But does that make, like, you and her... Like, like if me... You and Lauren's a little bit different because it's like a couple thing. Which makes it, like, instantly less weird. But, like, if me and you went to Super Mario Bros., is that weird? Like, I just don't think it's that weird. Because, like, I don't... No. Yeah, it's, no. It's, like, a dark theater. Like, that's my thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're well, not like, interacting with anyone. I, I think, like, you need to, like, be ready for, like, kids to be children. Like, during the movie. Like, you can't get mad if, like, some kid just starts, like you know, yelling during the movie and, like, interrupting you because it's a kid's movie. You know what I mean? But, like, am I weird because, like, I go to, like, Wreck 5? You know what I mean? Because that's going to be a kid's movie. But, like, but it's if they be like a Shrek 5, am, am I weird for going to Shrek 5? Like, I went to Toy Story 4. It's am a nostalgia thing. Or no, it was Toy Story 3, I think it was. Or no, it was 4. Yes, it was 4. But yeah, like I went to Toy Story 4 with like a couple of friends. Again, does that make me weird? I feel like if I saw the movie as a kid and there's a sequel, I get to go see it. I don't know. Respond to us on Twitter at underscore underscore F3S underscore underscore F3S and tell me if I'm being a weirdo because I want to go see Toy Story 5. So that's like a, almost like a thought-provoking moment almost. like It it almost is. But like I just wanted to rant and ramble because I feel like I've been attacked because I did all the things except for the Disney stuff that they said and I was like, well, fuck you. What about what is your thought provoking moment, Beans? I don't have one now because of that, but like, what are your thoughts on like eating like out like by yourself? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because like, 
like, I what do you mean? Like, I, I eat lunch a lot, like, at other places, and, like, I don't know. Like, back then, I don't know. I felt like maybe it's because we were younger, but I always felt like, you know, eating alone, like, I was like, man, that guy's, like, weird or something. But now that I'm older and, like, and, like, you know, I am who I am now. I'm like, I see somebody eating alone. I'm like, man, I feel you. Same. <laughs> like, I, I want to eat by myself, too. I want to be alone for a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, I can tell you the moment that that feeling, like, died for me. Because, like, I used to not want to go do anything alone, like, do that kind of stuff alone or whatever. I mean, like, I could go to, like, like, I'd go grab lunch at, like, the Union at K-State. But, like, that's, like, you, you're just grabbing lunch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're grabbing lunch, and you're sitting at a table, or whatever, and you pull up, like, your notes, and you eat your Panda Express, and, like, whatever. The moment that, like, the shame of, like, doing stuff alone, like, died for me, I, I guess I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't go to a restaurant like a nice restaurant alone. Like an Olive Garden or like a Longhorns or something. I, I still might. But like, I went to Infinity War. Here's the thing. Somebody tweeted out a pirated link to Infinity War the day after it came out. And I watched like the first five minutes of it and was like, I have got to see this goddamn movie. And so I didn't wait for any of my roommates to, like, want to go see it, I literally bought tickets at, like, 8 in the morning for, like, a noon showing. I went to my, like, 10 o'clock class, like, my 10.30 class, left, went to the movie theater alone, and, like, sat in between these two guys. And I watched the movie, and it was awesome. Ever since then, I I go to movies alone in Independence whenever there's a movie I want to go see. Like, I just go see it because, like, I don't have anyone to go with. I consistently go to, for dinner, this Mexican spot. I'll, and, like, I just eat my burrito and eat my chips, like, alone. I'll go do that, like, at 4.30 in the afternoon. And then I, I've gone to hoo like, by myself on several occasions. Yeah, it's like I, I kind of understand that now. Like, like I said, when I was younger, I was like oh, I don't, you know, we don't understand that person now I'm, like, this age, and it's, like, I enjoy, like, I'll bring my lunch a lot to work, and usually it's just two PBs and, one or two PB&Js, depending on, like, how much other food I have, yogurt and a protein bar, strawberries and blueberries. Like, that's my lunch the majority of the week during the spring, summers, and fall. Winter, I kind of lack because blueberries and strawberries aren't in season. Anyways, but a lot of times I'm pretty consistent. PB&J, yogurt, strawberries, blueberries, protein bar. And everybody keeps saying like, oh, why don't you just eat at work? Why don't you just, you know, we have a break area. Why don't you eat there? Why don't you? And I'm like, I need to be alone. Like, yeah, it's kind of nice. Like, no offense, Lauren. I hope Lauren's not in the house right now and can hear me. But sometimes it's just nice just separating yourself from society, separating yourself from everything that's going on around you. And just, like, chill. <laughs> it's nice. For me, like, one of my, like, just pleasures in life is I really love to laugh. And so, like, there's nothing better than, like, going, getting, like, something to eat 
And then, like, you just get to, like, eat something and scroll through, like, funny memes on Twitter. Like, that's what I like to do. Yes. I'm in this uh, I'm in this meme chat. For, it's called K-State Meme something or another. Yeah. And, like, whenever I'm alone eating lunch, I scroll through. I scroll through that little meme page, and it's like, that's, like, my daily dosage of, uh, of laughter. Yep, so, it's your dopamine, bro. It does. It, it just, it's... Just nice. It's great. I I think that's one of the uh, things that you start to appreciate as you get older. I think uh, it's very easy to be very judgmental when you're younger, but when you get older, you just don't care. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Well, beans, do you have any final words for our beautiful listening audience? Uh, yeah, no, just thank you to Trey coming on. He, you know, he's a great guy to work with. I enjoy working with him. He, he works his butt off. Like truly, like we have a lot of great people working for our organization, but he does not get the recognition that I think he deserves. He's a very silent. I don't, I don't want to say silent partner, but what he does is so quiet, but it's just massively, just a massive volume of production that he does. Um, it's a little sentimental there. You know, we joke a lot at work, but this is my little piece to him. If he ever does go back and listen to this, probably won't probably never hear this. Probably won't. That's this is the only compliment you're ever getting Trey. So, you know what? Screw you, man. This is the only compliment you'll ever get, man. You do a great work and fuck you chef. So that's what you get. Sam, do you have any parting words? Well, I think all I know is you'll be going back to rip an ass next to Trey here very shortly. Probably. Tomorrow. Yeah, in 12 hours. Well, well, I think that it was very good to finally get the monkey off our back. We now no longer owe anyone anything regarding the NCAA tournament, except for Aaron Popka. Um, (laughs) So we have paid our debts to society. Thank God. The Flyer State Sports Show has concluded what we owe. Speaking of debt-free... Uh, we now have royalty-free music. I don't know if anybody's going to hear it. They're, you're definitely going to hear it, but uh, um, don't come after us people before. Um, but you you will notice that we have a new intro now. Royalty-free music. Thank God uh, we're not going to jail. So that's Hooray! no longer a debt. We're, dude, we're just paying off debts left and right, my guy. We're doing it. We're doing good. We're, we're becoming more official. We're becoming more and more official. We got a new background. Uh, Take know, a look I, at our new Twitter background. Uh, I think I think my cousins, you know, said the original intro song was too long. So I'm it sure was. That's what they said. But they're like, you know, they're, they're like 18. So like they can't pay attention to anything that is longer than 10 seconds. I guess that's true. And like you said, we have a new Twitter banner at underscore underscore F3S. That is underscore underscore F3S. Uh, we also have a link in that Twitter account for any merch. Um, Scott Hansen has our merch. So if you want the same merchandise as Scott Hansen, you need to go to the link in our Twitter account and buy yourself a Flyover State Sports Show t-shirt. If you enjoyed this podcast or just want to get Trey to become a big media star, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing to our podcast on Apple Pod or Spotify or reposting on Twitter slash X at the aforementioned label. It's been a pleasure 
flying with you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed the show, and we can't wait to get back to you next week. Go Chiefs, go Cats, go Hawks. See you next time. You know, Baker's Bucks sounds like a Make-A-Wish project.